Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. I'm Craig Haley, along with Gary Reasons. Gary, how you doing today? Well, good morning, Craig. It's a it's a new it's a new day, and it's a lot of fun. And uh, we're you know we're in the midst of a little bit of a break before the FCS National Championship game, but uh, we're getting prepared and uh, looking forward to that one. Well, happy holidays, Gary. As you know, Seth Filey and Graham Bell are our producers. Uh, where can you find FCS Delivered? Well, many places. You can find us on pod podcast platforms like Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google. Of course, you can watch us on uh, YouTube. All you have to do is search for FCS Delivered. And then all of our content is on theanalyst.com. We have a lot going on, Gary. Gary, what's coming down your way in, in, in the first weekend of January? A lot of action. We got two things going on. First and foremost, we're going to be doing the FCS National Award Show from Frisco, and that'll be Saturday night, uh, January 6th. And then on Sunday, obviously, January 7th, is the FCS National Championship game played right next door to me here in Frisco, Texas. And uh, going to be a fun weekend in January, but you know we got a little time to ramp up to get there. Well, let's talk a little bit uh, football here, and, and we've got a special guest. Yes, I mean, obviously, it's a special holiday week, and, and it deserves a special guest. Gary, we are bringing in Josh Buchanan. He is an uh, NFL draft scout, uh, uh, small school evaluator. He's basically the best evaluator of small school talent. Uh, he works for Phil, Phil Steele Publications for NFL Draft Scout. He's long been known as the expert. Obviously, the FCS level provides a ton of talent. Uh, for the FCS, about 200 players a year are on active rosters and practice squads. This past year, 11 former FCS players were drafted, including one who was a grad transfer to the F FBS level. Uh, just tremendous uh, FCS talent through the years. Obviously, North Dakota State has become the go-to place. Uh, five straight years, they've had a player drafted in the NFL. Josh? We welcome you into FCS Delivered. We thank Gary and I. Thank you for joining. Happy holidays. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Well, we are thrilled to have you here to talk NFL draft. Obviously, we want to learn about your background to start with. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Maybe tell us why you're joining us audio only. Yeah, no. So um, I do. I do like the illusion of of being hidden. But in all honesty, part of that working from home usually as well i um uh i enjoy not having to get all fixed up um and this is early in the morning i might have even been on video if this was in the afternoon but um usually i'll tell you this i didn't even tell you this before but usually i work late at night too sometimes i'll stay up till one or two doing a lot of what i do so um usually i don't even get up till about 9 nine thirty anyway so <laughs> but i have always kind of <laughs> tried to stay off the camera anyway i don't know i don't want to scare everybody so <laughs> well i guess it also I don't uh, think you're gonna scare everybody. Let you evaluate, okay. <laughs> yeah it lets, it lets you evaluate without people knowing you're you're there on the scene i suppose that too yeah you know uh, one of the things is um when i you know so i've spent like more than a decade working for all-star games and what somebody had told me to this might have might be really subconsciously what it is i had a, a veteran scout who told me back in like 2006 that if you are wearing your team gear 
that in your round that players will um, they'll give more effort and that they'll see that and say, oh, somebody's watching. And so he was like, when I go on school visits, um, I I don't wear team gear. And when I go to games, I don't wear team gear. And he was like, he was like, I know others do, but he said, he said, if I'm if I'm the only one there, or or when I'm around, I don't want them knowing they're being looked at. I want to see how they do when no when they think nobody um, in the NFL is looking. So I remember thinking that you know that's a good that's a good uh, good idea. And so I, I did um, I did like whenever I would go somewhere, I would only wear. Um, gear when I like if I like when I went to practice I tried to avoid doing it a lot of times um sometimes I, I would bring a hat just because of the the fact that so or something just so the school would re- recognize who I am very quickly but I would always try to be low-key just so players wouldn't know that we were looking at them so um but I remember that scout just telling me that you know uh, these guys will pick up their effort when they know you're looking so um you know, he always liked to do it that way. So I, I guess I kind of adopted that rule myself. Josh, let me let me ask you a question real quick here. You know, I, I played at the FCS level and I got uh, drafted out of Northwestern State way back in the 1980s, in 1984. And I remember the, uh, the scouting and how it was back then. Uh, and it was very much, we weren't, we were not yet in the internet age. We did not have all the digital video footage that you can get today. Um, what has changed over the years, specifically for the FCS group, of for talent evaluators as well as uh, scouts being able to take a look across the FCS and identify quality talent that could possibly have a have a home in the NFL? Um, I mean, for them, the evaluation process really has not changed. The technology is the is the part that's changed. They're still looking for the same things. When you you know eighty four, I was still not born yet. Um, by the way, but hey, hey, I, hey, 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 we didn't have to go there. <laughs> but um, but uh, you know the the technology's changed heavily now. Uh, a big thing I know for them, um, besides the fact that you've got the internet and all, uh, there's not as many draft picks. I know the resources that they've spent at the small school level is not at the FCS level too, is not as much as it used to be because there used to be a time when they would expect there's 40 or 50 um, draftable players coming out of the FCS. There's still good talent. They're still looking around, but um, with the portal and everything, I would say the biggest thing in scouting that's changed now is the portal and being allowed to transfer. And so a lot of really good FCS players have left. And so, um, you know, and and I know that tracking down where players are. So, you know, they come through in the spring, they look at guys and then they get their list in May. And, you know, a lot of times some of where some of these players are on that list, they're not even at that school by the time they get it because that May window opens up and players are out there. So I know they've spent more time trying to find where players are. And like I said, I know the technology has changed, but in terms of, you know, what they're looking for with you, they were looking for the same thing they're looking for now. They're looking for guys, you know, who work hard, love the game, guys who have the measurables, the athletic ability, guys who do the right thing you know, all of that. I mean, they're still looking for that same thing. It's just a little bit of how they're doing it and the technology they have. 
the you know the whole pay to play now also has opened it up where I think players have been exposed at the college level with what they do with money um which you guys didn't have and so there have actually been players who have hurt their draft stock because they got paid and teams got to see what they were going to be like once they got paid so i know you know the that so a little bit things have gotten a little bit easier for them but again you know in terms of what they're looking for it's, it's the they're looking for the same thing you know Josh, we mentioned earlier your work for, you know, uh, Phil Steele Publications, NFL Draft Scout. You're, you're constantly updating your, your small school draft rankings. Just tell us a little bit about your background in, in scouting. Okay, mine was interesting. So I was playing in high school and my junior year, I was, you know, I knew I was like, okay, I'm not going to end up a D1 player. I'm not going to play in the pros. So I, re um, I remember I had actually had contacted an all-star game asking about a player from the 1AA level, you know, at the time it was 1AA, and was asking, you know, hey, how come these guys are not in it? And um, the, the guy running it hit me back and said, you know, he gave me his reasons. And, um, and I, and I gave him some names that he didn't have. And he, I think he ended up taking a couple of them. And when he saw like the interest that the NFL had in him, he came back to me and said, would you like to do an internship for me? And so like, he kind of used me as a consultant. And then when he ended up having, um, the, uh, Las Vegas All-American game, I he brought me out there to work that. So I did that. I did the Texas First Nation game. I spent three years running player personnel for a high school All-America game. Did the NFLPA for a few years. So it was all in, in all-star games. And, um, you know, I was lucky because I was sitting in film rooms uh, with coaches on college campuses and, sit, you know, with scouts. So I got to and, – and from being at the game during the entire week and all, and I was usually – like I either did sports information work, I did football operations, I do um, area scouting. I mean, so I pretty much did everything that you could imagine. So I dealt with the teams, and that was one reason why, um, why you know, some of the stuff that I'm able to say or, or know because I made a lot of friends in the business. So, you know, I spent about 12 years of experience doing that. So mainly that, and then – you know, done the stuff online, Phil still fe featured my work, you know, when he did the FCS print magazine and, um, you know, draft scout uses, has used my rankings over the years. So, um, but yeah, I pretty much got started then. I mean, I was 18, my first all-star game, I believe I was, uh, 20, uh, because, uh, when we were in Vegas, I remember I couldn't come within so close of the slot machines out there and the players like to tease me about it. So that, that was my first real experience going out on the road. So, Hey, Josh, tell us a little bit about uh, what it looks like for you typically year to year and kind of, you know, what's your, what's your year, your breakdown looks like, you know, kind of as you develop some of your rankings for, for, for the players uh, throughout the FCS. Yeah. So usually, um, like right now, I've already started. I spend a lot of days um, 
I try to only go out when I have to, because right now I'm, I'm what I'm doing is uh, building the initial list for next year. So like updating, I keep a database and update the, you know, the stats and the awards of these guys. I mean, I put in if they won the Buck Buchanan or the Walter Payton Award, you know, all America, all conference, all that type of stuff. But input names, you know, and start building a list and in the spring try to watch a lot of them. I've seen a few juniors here and there, but I'll start to really look at them now. And then I'll talk with some NFL people at the end of the spring, kind of see who they're looking at and see if it matches mine, add some of the names I'm missing. Some of the scouts I know, they'll take some of the ones that I've got. Like right now, one thing that I know has affected them is uh, guys that hit the um, portal right now and they haven't decided where they're going in January. So they're not at a school in the spring. So some of these FCS guys actually are completely off the radar that otherwise would be because they're not actually at a school in the spring so you know been bit you know right now having to track transfers obviously um is a big deal and so just building the list then and then over the summer is when i'll really kind of sit down and say okay this is my solid you know a solid early board and then you know obviously during the fall you're updating it and then i'll try to um while i'm doing the juniors you know obviously i'll update because of pro days and all-star games so i'm kind of looking at two classes at the same time. But, I mean, if there's a player who's a star as a freshman or sophomore, I mean, I'll put them in the in our system and be aware of them already. You know, I mean, I'm not doing in-depth necessarily, but, you know, it, as, as early as that, I try to be aware of a guy, especially a redshirt, you know, guy coming off of his redshirt freshman year because now he's draft eligible because in case you get a Trey Lance type of player, you know, if there's someone out there like that, you try to be aware of those. But, yeah, like I say, pretty much start in December, and um, it, it'll take me until May or early June to actually have, like, a firm where I feel like, okay, I've done enough work to say this is a top a top 50 or top 100 or top 200 and, and feel pretty good about it, you know, with no cut without cutting any corners or anything. Well, Gary and I are visiting with Josh Buchanan, who's considered the, the leading expert of, of small school and FCS talent going to the NFL draft. Josh, obviously, Karan Amaghetto, the, the offensive tackle at Yale, is number one in, in your rankings and pretty much has been since the preseason. But, but it's a great group of offensive linemen that you have in, in your rankings, especially the top 10. Tell us about this you know, uh, group of offensive linemen, obviously led, led by Karan Amaghetto. Yeah, so Karan's a good one. Um, I've actually had a couple media people who reached out to me because I made waves when we named him a first-team All-American. People uh, didn't see that one coming. And, um, uh, you know, I know he missed most of the year or half the year, but uh, he really – he was really strong in that early part. So I I actually thought it would be the the end of his All-America run. But as I looked through and – I was like, man, I just – I felt it was a – for me, I just felt like I, I'd feel bad not putting him there. Um, the coaches named him first-team all-conference as well. So, I was like, okay, the Ivy League coaches saw enough to say that, then I'm going to go with them. But, but yeah, him, um, Josiah Ezrin from Eastern Kentucky. You got C.J. Hansen of Holy Cross. Um, Ezrin is a raw tackle, but he's got height, weight, speed. He's, he should test very well at the combine. Hansen is a big guy. He's like 6'5", 305 guard that should test well as as um also i had been told he may run like in the four nines so keep an eye on that I, 
I was a little surprised to hear that, but that's what I've um, been told on him. Uh, his jumps are going to be very good as well. Uh, the Howard offensive tackle, Anum Dankwa, Anim Dankwa, he's massive, you know, like 6'8", 362. Uh, he's another one. And, you know, South Dakota State's guard, Mason McCormick, got a lot of buzz this year. So did their tackle, Garrett Greenfield. Um, so it's a pretty deep class on, on the offensive line. Um, I, you know, this is probably, you know, this is normal, you know, linemen are, this is going to happen at, uh, no matter what the FBS does, this is going to happen at the FCS level because linemen often are late bloomers, um, at the next level. Uh, most of the time, these FCS teams are not getting six, six, 300 pounders are getting, they might be six, five, two sixty, or whatever. So, uh, they need development. So, you know, th this is normal. I, I don't – I can't think of many years where the offensive line hasn't been fairly strong. Josh, let me ask you a little bit about a, a couple of, uh, of prospects here potentially, guys that are going to the Senior Bowl, Senior Bowl invites. Yeah, UNH running back Dylan Lauby and also Houston Christian linebacker Jalex Hunt. You know, they're a couple of guys that have been picked to play in the Senior Bowl. How do you rank those two? Yes, I had Lobby second at FCS. I loved him coming in the preseason. I actually got worried because a lot of scouts that were saying like party free agent and early in the year that as well. But he is a Swiss Army knife. I mean, this guy can do it all. Um, Lobby can catch, run. He's a pretty solid blocker. He's dynamic in the return game. So Dylan's the type of player that I was mildly surprised, a little surprised that he got a senior bowl invite, but I was ecstatic that he did because he is fun to watch. And I think he could be, he reminded me a little bit of Brian Westbrook, to be honest with you, at a Villanova. He just, I mean, he can do it all. Um, and he, he is a very good player. He's extremely quick. He's got very good lateral speed. Um, Jalex Hunt at Houston Christian. Now Hunt is, a very interesting one. And he's the type of player that has a chance to go to the senior bowl and shoot his stock up into the third or fourth round. If he stands out, he's also a player that could go. And because he is raw, he has not been a uh, linebacker his whole life. He had been a safety before he transferred from Cornell hunt. I mean, hunt's got ability, you know, he's, he's athletic. He's got length. He can run pretty well. He's got some ball skills. You can just see in his pass rush, he's very raw. He needs to work on his hands, needs to work on technique and become consistent. But he's got very high upside. So he's the type of player that could go to Mobile and make a lot of money, potentially. Like I say, he's going to look the part there. He's like six, I believe he's six, four and an eighth, 240 pounds. So if he can test well and do well there, he would be a player that would fly up. I mean, I have him in the six, seven right now, but he could really go a lot higher than that if he does well there. So that that that's really his big chance to – he's one of those type of players that I think a lot of scouts have marked as a guy that can make a lot of money in Mobile. Well, Gary and I are, are visiting with Josh Buchanan, uh, talking FCS prospects headed towards the uh, 2024 NFL draft. We're going to take a quick break from FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Crown, and we will be right back. Rehearsals for the school play were really coming along. Bigger smile, Mr. Squirrel. Until a custodian accidentally threw away the costumes. Oh no. 
everyone was rattled. Miss Garrity forgot how to play, and the queen of the hedgehogs almost quit. Find a new queen! But replacement costumes were shipped with FedEx, and with added peace of mind from picture-proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next, for residential delivery only. Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. Craig Haley along with Gary Reasons. And on our special holiday episode, Gary, we have Josh Buchanan, the small school FCS draft evaluator for Bill Steele Publications, NFL Draft Scout. Just a long history of being a go-to evaluator of FCS talent in the NFL draft. We're thrilled to have Josh here. Josh, we're headed towards a national championship game, Montana and South Dakota State. I want to ask you about South Dakota State. It kind of resembles some of these recent uh, North Dakota State draft classes where it's just deep. It's especially deep on the uh, offensive end, I think, for South Dakota State. What can you tell us about some of the Jackrabbit NFL candidates? Yeah, so they have a very good class, which you would expect. Um, they got the two receivers, the Yankee Twins, the guard McCormick, who's got a shot to get drafted, cornerback uh, Deshaun Gales, um, They've got the linebacker, Adam Bach, the corner, uh, Dallas Beanham, um, the the running back, Isaiah Davis. He's got a shot to get drafted. I actually think that he and McCormick will probably get combine invites. And, you know, Isaiah Stalbert's another one, Kay Trevere. They got a lot of guys that are going to get looks. I mean, they should have one or two drafted and have several get a free agent contract. Hey, Josh, why don't we take a look at Montana? You know, one of the entrants into the FCS National Championship game. What are their uh, what does their talent pool look like potentially for the upcoming NFL world? So I don't believe they're going to have a draft pick this year. It's, I mean, it's possible. I, I, I would it's a lot lower shot than South Dakota State, but they've got a lot of possible free agents. The D tackle, Alex Gubner, the linebacker, Jana Caro. Uh, the offensive tackle, Chris Walker, the corner, Corbin Walker, the safety, Trajan Cotton, the center, A.J. Forbes, the uh, other defensive back, Nash uh, Fouch. So they have a lot of guys, Trevin Gradney, the corner. Um, I don't think, like I say, I don't think they'll have a draft pick, but they have have a lot of good, uh, good free agent possibilities. They had two that are not playing now, though. Cole Grossman got hurt in the preseason. He didn't even play this year, and then – um, the number 61 Hunter, I believe, uh, is it May, May Jens? He, he's had vertigo issues. And so he has not played in several weeks and is done. I don't believe he's going to come back for the title game. I don't know for sure, but I'd heard he left the team to deal with that. So um, he had been out for a while with vertigo issues. So I'm not sure what his status is going to be. Well, even if you're not drafted, all, all you need is a, an opportunity, of course, uh, to be in an NFL camp. Now, now, Josh, we look at FCS players as being like under the radar when it comes to NFL draft. But who on your list would you say is really under the radar that you really like? Yeah, so that is um, that's always a good question. And the reason I say that is because. Right now, I feel like I've talked to so many people that it's hard to pick an under the radar because I'm, you know, I'm trying to think. Well, is there somebody that we really haven't looked at very closely? But as far as just just general attention, guys that 
would be um, one one name, and he's not going to sound like this because we all know him very well, but the running back, Jaden Sheridan at Monmouth, he was not, um, you know, I know there were scouts that were well aware of him and all that, but as far as the hole in the league, you know, I, they were not putting his name out there that he was definitely going to enter the draft early. I had heard buzz preseason that he might do it, but, I, you know, I, I know some teams who told me that his name was not brought up. As as he was likely to head out, so and he's an underclassman, so they haven't done the same. They're not going to do the same amount of work on him that they're going to do on a senior. So, Sheridan's a guy that people are going to really come on to here. He'll be interesting to see which All Star game he goes to. But I'll say a, a couple names that I think are a little under the radar, but they may be coming back for another year. One of them, the corner Mark Davis at Southern Illinois is a very good one. He's got height, weight, speed, and he had a breakout year this year. I feel like he would be a possibility. I also think the defensive tackle, Christian Boyd at Northern Iowa, both of them um, are not, we're not extremely high on the NFL radar, but they're on it. But I kind of feel like both of them are a little underranked. And um, i tell you a name who is, and, and he, he's been when it comes to postseason awards, is Ricardo Chavez at Idaho. He has a big leg. And he can do it all. He's the type of player that I think will be a priority free agent with a good shot to make it, and no one's going to really talk about him. So that that would be another one. The tight end, Cam Grandy at Illinois State, he's gotten some buzz this fall. Um, I don't know if he'd be under the radar, but he's a guy that I think is a lot better than maybe people imagine. You know, he's not in – I don't think he's – I know he's not in the senior ball. I don't think he's in the East-West. I was kind of hoping to see him get to East-West. So those would be a few of mine. Um, and I have others, but like I say, some of the – and i tell you, here's one more. i give you one more. It's a really good one. Levi Drake Rodriguez at Texas A&M Commerce. Now, if, now that I think about it, he is probably your most under the radar. I only know of two teams that went in to see him in the fall. He There are a lot of teams who don't even have him on their board. He is going to be, I believe, in the CGS game. Expect to see his name pop up. He's a high-motor guy who should test. He's not going to be a test freak, but he'll test pretty well. But Rodriguez is a guy that I think will will go from right now. He a team, Teams that really like him are probably going to try to get him as a tryout at this, at this point because they know the interest is not there. I don't think that will hold up. I think he'll get a lot of interest, and he'll be a highly coveted free agent who makes it. Interesting, interesting. You, you mentioned Ricardo Chavez, and he's definitely on my radar. He's a guy that I hadn't met this year. He had a tremendous game, and we had him as our National Player of the Week. Uh, pretty good, pretty good prospect there, I think. So, hey, let me ask you this. Let's let's talk about the transfer portal, uh, Josh. You know, I'm, you know, I'm still. I think everybody's still a trying to figure it out. B, how is it impacting FCS schools and actually the the talent level there? And so. How is it impacting in your estimation about FCS draft prospects? Because, you know, our, our, if, if teams, if players get accolades, all Americans and so forth, and then they're potentially moving to an FBS school, uh, but they're potentially on, an, on a, a better trajectory to play and play better at the FCS level. It's kind of a roll of the dice, I think, for these guys. How is it impacting draft prospects? You know, it's impacting it a lot, to be honest. And one thing that a scout brought up to me, which I had not um, thought about when this first got introduced, but I quickly noticed it, 
And uh, scouts have brought up to me that they're interested in going to the college level, especially at the Power Five, because there's a lot of money. They're going to get paid more working in player personnel departments at colleges than they do in the NFL, which is surprising. But um, they are schools are being are, are expanding these departments. They're going out and getting like these NFL guys to evaluate these players. And so they're really getting a lot of them to go into the transfer portal and move up. So the portal is, a, is allowing a lot of star players to, to move up that otherwise would be at the FCS level. One thing that a lot of people have not brought up to me is, and I thought about this, that with COVID classes, that the portal, we're going to see the portal uh, interest kind of change a little bit once all the COVID classes are gone because right now there's a lot of super seniors and so that's taking up scholarships but when they're all gone there'll be even more openings at the FBS level so it would not surprise me to see even more FCS players get opportunities at the FBS level and move up um, but yeah the portal has definitely affected it but that, that's been the big one I know you didn't bring it up but the amount of schools that have moved up as well, you got to imagine that's every time a school moves up, that's 85 scholarships uh, going to FBS. So um, I believe there's been what between 20 and, and 30 that have moved up since the early 2000s. So between that and, and the portal allowing these guys to freely go, we've definitely seen the numbers tick down. Um, you know, I, it used to be that I'd expect 25 or plus FCS players to get drafted in a year. Right now, you're thinking it's going to be between, you know, maybe seven to, to 15. And if it hits 15, that's a good year right now. So we're definitely seeing a lot of really quality, you know, a lot of quality players move up. And I think we'll see even more once once these COVID groups are all gone. Well, Josh, one more question. You, you, uh, you've you really dug deep here with some of the players to look for in this coming draft class with the FCS. It's always been perceived that the FCS and the small school players enter the NFL with kind of a chip on their shoulder. Do you think that's a real thing, a player having a chip on his shoulder? Definitely, coming definitely from the smaller is. Level? Definitely is. I've heard them say, yes, it definitely is. But you're removing that chip. I mean, I know of instances where players are going to these Power 5 programs are getting paid 50000 or 100000 or whatever it is to go play there. And then some of these guys that had this chip are then walking in their coaches' offices and telling them, if you don't give me this amount, I'm going to hit the portal again and go. So um, they, they definitely do, the ones that stay here. I fear some of the ones that move up maybe lose that chip, but I've definitely heard that. I've heard players mention at the Combine before. I've heard them, you know, at All-Star Games, we'll have guys, and they've actually said, you know, you know, I've always been overlooked. I want to prove everybody wrong. And so, um, I, you know, I, there's a lot of guys that just by the way they talk, you can tell it really fueled them. You know, it, was, it made them mad. They thought they were an SEC or a Big Ten player, and uh, they ended up at the Ivy League or ended up at the Missouri Valley or the OVC or the Big South, and they wanted to prove people wrong. So it absolutely it absolutely is i mean i'm not saying every player but i've he I've heard it a lot i've heard a lot of players who really felt snubbed by the high school by the recruiting process and so um it really fueled them and they they put in even more work ethic than they did in high school it's, it's interesting you mentioned something that uh, i i find very interesting and that is you know a player has a tremendous season at the fbs fcs level doesn't really matter and today with two things nil 
and also the transfer portal. Players have options if they walk into a coach's offices, like you said, after they just had a, a tremendous season, the player may have just made All-American team, and he can somewhat dictate to that coach and say, hey, this is what I need. Otherwise, I'm doing this or this, and uh, you've got to keep up with that. That's got to be a, a, a mind-boggling scenario for coaches and teams, but it's also for the, for the, the people who are, are – uh, covering these guys all across the the FCS and FBS for for potential play in the NFL, how does that impact uh, that world out there? It does. There have been instances where coaches have kind of bent a little bit and said, "Okay, we'll do it." But I know a lot of instances where coaches have flat out told the player, "We're not doing that," and the player entered the portal, you know, and yeah. I, I mean, for me, I couldn't have ever imagined going into my coach's office and saying, you know, you know, oh man, I appreciate this hundred thousand dollar offer, but if you don't make it 250,000, I'm going to leave here and go somewhere else. I mean, even with the ability to do that, I just, it just, it's crazy to me, but that, that is, that is definitely what's going on. I know of cases where players have told a coach they've agreed to an amount and then these mentors and family members and these marketing agents out there get in their ear and tell them, well, you're worth twice as much as that. You need to go in there. And they go in the very next day and tell them, you're going to have to bump it up another 200 grand or I'm going to hit the portal. And so that's that's been a huge deal. Um, you know, one thing I did notice with the FCS players, there's some of them, though. There was a G5, maybe was a P5 school that they really, really wanted to play for out of high school. They didn't go there, and they hit the portal just with the intent of that. They're not necessarily looking for a payday. They're just were trying to fulfill a lifelong dream, and they wanted to go to a certain school, and they, they realized with the portal now they could use that FCS school to help get them there. But, yeah, what you said is is a big thing going on right now. A lot of players, they even agree to a number and then back off and say, no, well, it's got to be more. And um, it is it has been a mind-boggling thing for coaches. So I'm, I'm a big proponent of we need to move on to a, a TV revenue share and have where schools can sign players to contracts because – I. I, one other thing is happening is some players are not getting paid money at the end that they've been told, but in their deals, they had to play a certain amount. You know, these NIL collectives come up with things and they, you know, they, they have expectations for these guys. And, and I know there's been cases where players got like half a million dollars and they didn't even play this past year. So their collectives were really mad at them. So I think one push you're going to see is, trying to go towards contracts with these and they put um, stipulations in here, put incentives for the player. So if the player only plays two games and misses the rest of the year, he's not going to get that $700,000 that he was agreed to. Um, so it's definitely a new dynamic that coaches are having to grapple with right now. <laughs> well, Josh, no, no NIL or, or transfer porter uh, were available when, when Gary was was playing. He went from no. all America. Career. He would have been highly coveted too. He would have been very highly coveted. I was not alive, but I've seen his game, and he was a great player. He would have been a Coakley. He'd have been a Buck Buchanan Award winner, most likely, if, if that had happened. So he was a great player. I did. I've actually seen highlights and very was I very well known. So I. I remember as a kid when you'd see like Coakley and Al Lucas and those guys and, you know, Gary Reasons was a name that everybody, you know, that we were, you know, that we knew it was like he was a historic name. So he absolutely would have been highly coveted for sure. 
I like that. <laughs> no, yeah, I've seen go. I'm, I'm not joking. I, I try to watch the play. <laughs> well, I tried to watch. I mean, I really did. One of the things when I was a kid that got me into scouting is I enjoyed watching players from the generation before me, seeing the guys that came through. So, um, you know, I remember seeing Randy Moss as a kid and, um, you know, you, uh, you know, you see great players like that. And I'd hear names from the eighties and seventies and I, I would absolutely try to go watch them. So there is no doubt for sure. And Northwestern States had a lot of really good ones too. I mean, uh, a lot of guys have gotten drafted out of there, but there, there's been a lot of good ones. He's, he's probably is the best one they've ever had. No doubt. <laughs> Well, Josh Buchanan, we, we, we've been, Gary and I have been thrilled to have you on this week as our special guest. Um, we could talk all day with, with this topic, of course, and, and there's a long buildup to, to the NFL draft uh, in late April. Uh, Josh, we appreciate your time. We wish you happy holidays. Gary, this is a great episode. Uh, obviously, we love to see small school talent uh, move on to the NFL. And, and Gary, you went from all-America career at Northwestern to nine years in the NFL and two Super Bowl titles with the New York Giants. Gary, I know we got a big week ahead coming up with the National Awards Banquet and the FCS Championship game. We, we certainly uh, appreciate Josh's time today. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Appreciate you joining us, man. And, uh, I'm happy to do it. a lot of fun. Happy holidays, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next time. You yeah. too. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Yes, obviously, FCS Delivers presented by FedEx Ground. We thank FedEx Ground and, and, and uh, Stats Perform. F, uh, Seth Biley and, and Graham Bell are our producers. We hope everybody has a tremendous holiday week. We wish you well into the new year, and we look forward to seeing you soon. It's almost FCS Championship Week. Thank you for tuning in to FCS Delivered. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes. Oh no. Replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. Do you like what you're hearing on FCS Delivered today? For more national FCS coverage, please go to theanalyst.com throughout the week. We're the home for the FCS Top 25 Media Poll and the weekly and season ending FCS National Awards presented by FedEx Ground. We also take you across FCS Nation with stories, predictions, and an inside look. The FCS coverage can be found at theanalyst.com.